Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, happy Monday to all of you, wherever you are. Maybe you're not even listening to this on Monday. Maybe it's Wednesday at your house. Whatever. I'm just delighted to have you join me today with my guest, C.J. Mabius. He is the founder of Blue Ox Enterprise Incorporated, and he's also the managing partner of Jay Galt Finance. I want to welcome you to the show. I'm so glad you're joining me today, C.J., Oh, my gosh, Marcia, it is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm honored to talk to you. Oh, you know, it's always interesting how people meet, and we happen to meet at a, a, a LAX Coastal Chamber com, uh, um, Connections um, networking meeting, and you just you never know. I, people ask me, how do you get your guests? And I said, oh, there are such a variety of, of ways, and that was how we, that's how we met. And I, I do want to let people know that much like Waiteka is not easy to spell or say unless you've heard it a million <laughs> times, I do, I do want to spell your last name so that people are going, God, I need to look this guy up. So CJ is, is how, I, I believe Charles is actually your name, but you go by CJ, and your last name is spelled M-O-E-B-I-U-S. So, and I, I will be talking about your websites um, as we go into our show, but I do want to just let people know if they want to find you, that's the name they will use. So, now that Absolutely. I've gotten that out of the way, why don't you, uh, you are so interesting. I was thinking about you as I was preparing for this, and I was thinking about that Dos Equis guy. I don't know. That might be you. I'm, I'm just thinking. You know, he <laughs> thinks he's the most interesting guy in the world. But I really find you to be very interesting. So why don't you just start off by telling us about yourself? Absolutely. No, I, I, uh, I'll i take the dose that keeps most interesting <laughs> in the world uh, comparison any any day of the week. And my name is actually Christopher. So not Charles, oh. just for the record, but I, I'll okay, go by Charles you. if you want to. No problem. No, no, no. no let's get let's get the right, let's get it right. I don't want to name you, rename you, honey. I'm not your mom. No, okay, no, go ahead. No. <laughs> we're, we're good. My my story is pretty 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 simple. I'm a I'm a Midwesterner. I'm born in Wisconsin, a suburb of Milwaukee, Mequon. Um, I've got two great great parents, Holly and John. We, you know, I, I'd like to think. They uh, they raised me, you know, with with good principality. I always my mom had a, a you know a poster on my wall that said make good choices. But mm-hmm. you know they're they're phenomenal people, and and I you know had a, had just a great wonderful upbringing. Uh, I was super active with sports. Um, so that was always a you know foundation. Whether it was you know playing on like a traveling soccer team or basketball all through high school and and trying to make a run during college and. You know, I, I'm just I'm super just just blessed to have when I look back on um, great parents, great siblings, great friends, and, and I think too a, a big part of my you know memory bank and and where I, I definitely garnered just a, a ton of um, learning as a young adult was I was a camp counselor at a place called Camp Minute Connie. Um, and that's where, you know, I, I actually went to the camp and they brought me into like a leadership development training program. And then I was a counselor mm. giving back. So that was really, um, it still is just a wonderful, when I look back on just um, incredible memories, um, I, a lot of that drives there. And then um, I would still say this, like my, my best friends are from grade school. So that's pretty cool to have lifelong friends in, in that capacity, grade school, middle school, high school, pretty cool. You know, it's interesting that you should say that, particularly yesterday being Mother's Day. Um, it, I have some friends all the way from um, elementary school as well, and I still live. You've, you have uh, ultimately moved to the West Coast, but I still live in Westchester, which is where I grew up and which is where I went to school and which is where 
I currently live and where my children um, went to high school. And there's there's almost you can't there's other than your family there's hardly anybody that knows you better than lifelong friends which is why I run all my class reunions I might also add that probably doesn't surprise you <laughs> but um, where, where did you go to college I, did you go to college in Wisconsin I did I went to the University of uh, Wisconsin Madison I actually first went and but before I go on to Happy Mother's yes. Day to all the moms oh, out there yes. and Happy Mother's yes. Day to you Martha. Of course, thank of course. You. I didn't. I didn't get. I got. I had to sneak that in real quick. Apologies for not saying that at the top of the hour. But um, That's okay. I went to for, first year was Minnesota University of Minnesota in Minneapolis, and then I transferred to the University of Wisconsin, um, and that's where I did my my undergrad and and got um, a BA in economics and finance. Wow, is that University of Madison? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's what I thought. University okay. Wisconsin Madison. Madison is not a. I was. I would put this. It's not a party school. Wink, wink. I'm. I'm just kidding. I think <laughs> it might be one of the largest party schools, if not number one, always. Uh, both my mom and dad actually went there, so we have a oh. pretty interesting fa- family lineage and tie to the school. I was always like in my in my heart of hearts. I was like born to go there. So when I first went to Minnesota, I think they were a little like hurt, and then I'm like, I had to go back to my roots and transfer. So. <laughs> hmm. That's funny. Well, what brought you out to California? Yeah. So you know, when I look at, I look at like kind of turning points in my life. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. um, I think there's always interesting, like pivotal moments that that we all kind of go through. And if I even go back in, in college, I think one of those was, you know, like three of my my best childhood friends. And I, we, we saved up money and we, you know, we did like a quintessential backpack trip throughout Europe, mm, but, you know, just wow. had a ridiculous experience. I think we were gone for like three months and that, that was, you know, allowed us just to learn and kind of figure out who we are. And this is before, you know, cell phones, right? So we were still yes. using like dial up internet modems <laughs> at a cafe and, you know, film like old school film on like a camera, right? It wasn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was nothing digital about our experience. Um, and then, I, you know, while I was in college as well, Marcia, I, you know, I was lucky enough to live in Spain for mm. about six months. So I had, you know, again, just had buddies and, and great girlfriends and, and just friends in general that, you know, was able to walk away with just unbelievable connections and just experiences. So that was another, like, pivotal moment. Um, and then, you know, in my mid-20s, actually a buddy of mine who I met in Spain called me up and I was working in Chicago after school and like finance. I wasn't too happy, even though it was a pretty cool gig. Um, but mm-hmm. I was just like, this, this can't be life. And he said, come out and audition for this. I'm um, shooting a short film. I need guys in finance who are unhappy with their jobs. You'd be perfect candidate <laughs> to fill that role. So I went out and just, uh, I auditioned for like a short I mean, like a, a cameo of like two minutes, and it ended up going great. And a couple months later, they offered me the uh, the, the lead role of a movie called uh, Laid Off. And my buddy, dear friend John Launchy, great director, producer, he's actually had a, a phenomenal career at at NBC. Um, yeah, he directed this movie, and Mike Ryan, another uh, good friend and, and the co-writer of the movie, they they just put together a genius, like character-driven script and. I was really lucky to be a part of it. Um, and, it, and again, that was, that was a huge pivotal moment for me. Uh, and that's what inevitably brought me out here. Not to act, mind you. I, I got a job back in, in finance, something I didn't want to do, but I had to do. I was hired by Aon Financial Services Group in 2008, actually. So that's what bumped me out to Los Angeles from, I guess, Chicago and spending time in New mm-hmm. York as well. What a well, how cool! I as, as someone that has been to Spain, uh, I just have to ask this before we go on, and that is, what part of Spain were you in? Where were you living in Spain? Sure, uh, I lived in Sevilla, which is you know southern Spain or Seville, Andalusia. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was incredible. I mean, I, I love that country so much. Yeah, that's so neat. You know, there, there's nothing that quite uh, compares to travel. Uh, I mean, it, you know, if you're fortunate enough to go anywhere in the country, depending upon, I mean, I wouldn't have backpacked, but because I'm a little bit um, spoiled, plus not to mention I'm not, 
you know, in my 20s. But, you know, <laughs> I, but I, I, there's just something about traveling that is just life-altering where, wherever you may go. And I, I think that's really cool that you had that opportunity to do that. And, you know, being raised in the Midwest, as my husband was, he was from Michigan, um, there, there's just a set of values that, and I think I think another thing, CJ, is adaptability. What do we adapt mm-hmm. here in weather in California, Los Angeles, except, God forbid, an occasional bump in the earth? But you know, we don't have to deal with scraping windows and and all these different kinds of weather changes that that right. that that teach you to be adaptable. And I think that there's something very much to be said about that um, in in looking at our lives and looking back at our lives. I think you're a reader, and I'm just wondering: Have there been any books that that you have cha- that have changed your life some in some way that you've read? That's a, yeah, no, it's an interesting question. I yeah, that um, I am a big reader, and and I think going back to just even your point before about uh, the the Midwesties, maybe just every anybody who is uh, living. Um, east of the Mississippi, shall we say, uh, everybody mm-hmm. there is very resilient and they appreciate yeah. a good sunny day. So that is, that is, mm-hmm. you know, we, we cannot take uh, the weather for granted out here, Marsha, because it mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why I haven't been able to leave for 15 years. But, you know, <laughs> I, I have become more of a, of a reader in, in these 15 years. I think prior to me being 25, I wasn't, but I'm 40 now. And I, I definitely... I enjoy a good book. I'm a lifelong learner, and I try to kind of label myself as an independent thinker. So I would say that, you know, one book I'm just obsessed with, I read, you know, I try to read it maybe once every other month, is The the Seven Spiritual Habits of Success. Um, Four Agreements is a phenomenal book. Just oh, yes. simple, rudimentary principles that, you know, we all have these interesting battles each day. No, no one's perfect, and you're battling something to get through the day. And you just most times it's just it's just you. It's typically, you mm-hmm. against you. So I try to go back to simple things, um, especially being a, a father now. Another one too is The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. He's a, a phenomenal young writer, and he does a lot of um, great work. Um, you know, looking at like the, the, the in the category of Stoicism, Marcus Aurelius, uh, some of these guys uh, that that really were able to you know develop these very interesting codes back in the day. And, and I try to read one of them daily and, and the daily Stoics phenomenal principles by Ray Dalio. Amazing. Um, never finished by David Goggins. Um, and then, you know, um, um, I also like contemporary modern design, just like looking at pictures of like things that, you know, bring me back to certain places. Like for instance, we love spending time and, Palm Springs and, you know, mid-century modern or contemporary kind of design out there in the desert just does something to mm-hmm. me. So I, I, I just love it. I could, I could sit in a library for a long time and get lost. Do you ever do them um, books on tape or are you, are you visually reading these books? I am uh, more of a podcaster. Like I would rather listen to the po- but in terms of books, I'll, I'll, visually go through and, and, and mm-hmm. kind of digest. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have done a few on tape, but I'd rather listen to a, a good podcast, I guess, if I'm, if I'm mobile and, and yes. doing that. Yeah. Do you, do you underline or take notes or anything like that when you read these books, like the, the four agreements yeah. or anything like that? Sometimes. Yeah. I think it's yeah. good to write things down for sure. It I do too. You, it, like it, it, help, it helps you memorize things, right? Or learn them as you go. For, sure. I, for me, that that's well? absolutely. Oh, yeah. absolutely! I have to. I have to actually take the pen to the paper. Um, so you mentioned travel. Is there a place in the world, or maybe several places, that give you a deep sense of meaning or déjà vu? Is there? Is there? Yeah. Have you had those kind of experiences? For, for sure. I feel like I have them quite often, uh, but not. I wouldn't say like. But I, I, I've come to recognize when that feeling uh, is is there, and I think. I alluded to, to Palm Springs. Something does it for for my wife and I out there. It's I, it's just like we're old souls. We feel like we're we were out there with Frank Sinatra or something. Like oh. it just, there's there's like a weird you know a deeper sense of meaning and and we just love it. I think the first time I ever came out to California, my dad and I were driving down uh, 
PCH in Malibu, and I was like, I've been here before for sure. And, and that, that definitely was the inspiration of me wanting to move out here. Um, and then, you know, like, I think Yosemite is so cool and big mm-hmm. fur. Like, California is just the best with its, with, with its, you know, just nature and what it has to offer. But along with that, I would say, like, just northern Wisconsin, my family, you know, for generations has, have been there and, and had a really cool – um, you know, kind of plot of property, like on a, just a remote lake, no one up there. Mm. I think that is also a place that like, you know, brings me back. It, it kind of helps me understand who I am. Um, so yeah. And then of course, you're, anywhere in Europe, I mean, Europe is just the best, right? So there's, yeah. uh, you could, you could just walk around and feel deja vu constantly. I feel like that happens there. And, 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 you know, because of social media today, and if you have a lot of uh, connections on social media, and certainly I do, um, you know, and people are posting. I mean, right now, everybody in the world seems to be going to see the tulips. You know, i got to obviously get that on my <laughs> list. So I know so many people that have been, you know, to Holland and, and that part of Europe. But there is there is just something to be said for, for traveling. And I realize that COVID has, you know, certainly affected a lot of that for many people and I and I I understand that as well but you know just within the states I mean I I my last vacation was in Alaska and oh my god I just I thought that was fabulous too so just getting out and being with others and experiencing the out of doors is 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 pretty darn cool but oh, yeah. I know you're married and um <laughs> I do. And so um, I'd like to know, um, how did you meet your wife? Oh, I have a feeling the, there's a the story there. Diana. Yeah. You know, I, let's see. Oh, my goodness. I, I was living in Santa Monica at the time off of uh-huh. uh, 17th in Montana. Uh-huh. Uh, 33. I, I'd been real focused on, um, you know, a company that I helped co-found and just, you know, was was just focused on work. I was like, I, you know, all my friends would laugh. They're like, you're never getting married. You're never getting married. Hmm. And um, this was, I didn't have time. I mean, we, we were, we were grinding um, and trying to prove uh, this, this thesis and this company being successful. Um, and so I think it was, it was right at the, the dawn of um, Bumble, as they call it, these on Oh yes. Uh-huh. Or these Data apps site. that effectively allow you to connect with people in a in a in a quicker, uh, more natural mm-hmm. capacity. Even though I, I was always a face to face guy, I said I'm never going on this, and I did. And you know, whatever we both said that we were that we were each other's first date. I don't think I think that was the case. But um, <laughs> never, oh, nevertheless, uh, I had a very beautiful uh, woman reach out to me, and because that I bumbled the, the girl initiates the conversation and i thought right. marshall i thought it was a catfish i was like this this girl's not real this is probably this is probably lou and i'm trying to catfish me yeah. or something right and so i uh you know but then we exchanged kind of our social media stuff to you know that and, and she ended up being real and you know it took us a couple weeks to finally um set up a date and we ended mm-hmm. up going uh, out in, in in West Hollywood for dinner, which was which was awesome. And I'll never forget a day. It was, it was February twenty first, two thousand sixteen, mm-hmm. and had a just a wonderful. It was very awkward at first, and then you know that was me just being nervous and trying, probably being overly chatty. Uh, but and then <laughs> we we, we kind of equalized everything, and we ended up going to another place. And we looked up, and there was this huge X in the sky and I was like X marks the spot and we both kind of like had a cool moment and it, it was our, our story and then she asked me this is like on a Sunday too I'll never forget and we both had to work we were out till probably one or two in the morning on a Sunday um, she asked me she said would you like to come up to my place and just have like a glass of wine and I was like no I, I, I wanted to play cool I was like no that's okay and she's like are you sure and I was like okay <laughs> I mean, we ended up watching. <laughs> you talked me into it <laughs> of course. We ended up watching one of our, both of we love the movie Swingers with uh, Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. That was his first, and it's, a, it's actually like a story about dating in Hollywood, you know, during mm-hmm. the, the 90s and whatnot. So it was, it was just mm-hmm. interesting. So anyways, that's our, 
that was our story. We were, we were, I think, pretty much in love the first night. Um, wow. We officially told, told each other that we loved one another about a month later. So, yeah. That's, that is a beautiful story. Wow. Well, so there you go for all you people out there thinking about Bumble. Um, so, <laughs> so what inspires you about her? Because she sounds like a wonderful woman. She, you know, she is, I, Marsha, always, you know, not that I love American women, love them. And my, you know, my mom and my sister are the best. Um, and I, you know, but I, I never, for whatever reason, I always said, like, I didn't, I, 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 I liked your, like, I liked European or women that were from, a, you know, inter- internationally, shall we say. And so uh-huh. I just had a, it just was whatever for me. And so. Diana actually, you know, she speaks fluent English, of course, and you'd never know. She she might as well be from Chicago, but she's originally from Toronto, Canada, and okay. but speaks she's fluent Polish. So her her mom and dad, Arthur and Margaret, are both from um, Wrocław or or uh, Western Poland, and so they were first generation um, Canadians. Hmm. They they you know immigrated here and escaped communism in the 80s. And so, anyways, that's that's what's kind of cool is she's, even though she's north of the border and probably, you know, by, by like an hour, <laughs> I still think yeah. she's, she's international, one. And then, two, she's, you know, the smartest person I know. She's very, very, very gifted when it comes to naturopathy, health, um, she was an international um, print model for 15 years, so she's traveled mm-hmm. all over the world, um, all over, uh, Dubai, Tokyo, Hong Kong, lived in London for five years. So she's just very well-traveled and has the best mm-hmm. energy. Her energy is just one of calm and tranquility, where me, I think when we met, I was definitely the extrovert, and she's kind of now balanced me to be a little bit more, uh, be a little bit more calm. <laughs> You do know, and I don't know, because these are the things that I don't ever know what my guests are going to say. You do know my husband was Polish. And oh, very Wyteka, cool. is a Polish last name. His mom would right. have said, and dad would have said, Vietecha. That's how they would have said that. Right. And they did speak Polish in the home. They they never translated, so I, the kids never knew. Uh, he never knew, and his sister never knew what they were talking about. But um, it's, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Um, there was a time, this is just a side thing, there was a time when there was an exceptional Polish restaurant in Santa Monica. I don't think, they, I don't oh, think they're I open anymore. Solidarity. Solidarity, that's mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Okay, well, anyway, that's just a sidebar. <laughs> so that's very interesting no, about I love your that. Yeah, that's really interesting about your wife. So she's well-traveled like you. Which, which I think um, is a, another commonality that you have. You know, I think that that's, that's great. So if we were talking about your truest love and your passion, um, what would you say that that is? And if we take the, the, your wife, you have a son. How, you, you want to mention your son's name, by the way? Yeah. He just turned one last oh. Friday, so on the 12th oh. of May. First birthday, went to Disneyland. He rode. Oh gosh! It's a small world after all. Oh. We did the whole thing. It was awesome. Wow. He was super, super pumped. Um, and for oh. being one, no meltdown. It was. It was. He was. He was just so excited to be there. Uh, that's, but that's his name so is great. Baltazar. Baltazar Cash. Hmm. So Baltazar being. Uh, I feel like it's definitely Eastern European. It's somewhat mm-hmm. biblical, I think, but it, mm-hmm. we didn't really go too far into like all of that. It was literally Diana's dad was going to name her that, and we just thought it was a cool name. <laughs> so, oh, that's um, neat. Yeah, we 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 didn't like we weren't set on it, and then after you know time passed, and then we're like, of course, it's Balti. We couldn't imagine uh, him being named anything else. So. He's That's the happiest me. kid and has a ton of great friends in our community, and he is definitely the, uh, the light of our lives. Oh, that's so nice. So I have another question to ask you, and these are, these are some very interesting questions that you actually posed to me, so I'm very interested in knowing your response to these. 
Is there a person that you've never met before in your life that has had an impact or has had an inspiration on your life? Yeah, and you know what, Marsha, too, I forgot to actually answer the question you asked me. You're like, what's oh, your true passion? Oh, I bet you're going to mention the dog. Uh, n- no, oh, no. And, and, of course, and, of course, Roger, my, my, my multi-poo is my firstborn son. But outside <laughs> of my wife and kids' passions, and then I'll get into the, the, the person that I think is, uh, you know, I, I've really, who's been an inspiration in my life that I have not yet, not yet met. Um, but passion-wise, I love mixing house music and old vinyl records. I'm a big music. Everybody loves music, but I go very deep into uh, just, you know, my love and appreciation for that where I've, like, I've bought, like, mixing turntables and I'll DJ, you know, parties uh, that my friends are having. And, you know, if my wife, if, if Diana always laughs, she's like, if I wasn't here, you probably would have figured out a way to be uh, an international underground DJ uh, and I and I still very well may um, because that I love that so much. Um, and well, it's, it's cool. not like it's it's more uh, European kind of house. So everything goes back to Europe, of course. So that's that's a huge huge um, just passion. And one day I will learn how to produce, not just play. Uh, but that's just again. I always go back to. Having the goal is creative financial freedom to be able to do really cool creative projects at some point in the future, much like yourself, Marsha. Listen, you're, mm-hmm. you're the host of this awesome show, and, and Thank there's you. a lot that I'm sure you're able to, to get out of it uh, for yourself and being I do. satisfied, yeah. and it's super rewarding. And I think we're all looking for that in some capacity. Um, another quick passion is just I love car, Formula One. I've been a huge Formula One fan for a decade. Um, that's mm. that's just like I can't wait to take my son to a race. And then building ah. companies. You know, there's a creative process in that for sure. sure. Which segues into this question. So the, the, the gentleman that I, you know, who's been just it, recently, I, I kind of learned about this. His name is Naval Reykjavik. Um, he is a... Serial entrepreneur, uh, I think he's from New York originally, but he, he really made a, a dent into, um, you know, the business world. And he was a Silicon Valley um, entrepreneur. But he is, it's not about what he's done in being, you know, an operator, an investor. It's just his perspective and POV on the world that I just, I, I've just never seen anybody break things down and he holds himself into this kind of place where it's not like he's made, sure, he's made some really good money, but he's like, it's not about the money. It's about escaping the game. It's finding peace within yourself. You know, he's almost like a modern day, like Buddha is, is kind of mm. how I would describe him, where he's Neat. very, he's very in tune with what's going on. He's probably the most cerebral aware person I've ever met and everything he says, I, I, I've wanted, I've thought that, but hearing someone say it for the first time is really cool. And he's, I think he lives now in Manhattan Beach. I, and oh. I'd love to have coffee with this guy and sit down with him. Yeah. I think he's just, and, and he's not like super, super famous by any means, but mm-hmm. he's somebody that uh, has, has absolutely transformed the way that I look at the world in a very wow. positive way. So the last that- thing he'll say is, if you can if you can sit in a room for 30 minutes in a meditative state shall we say and meditation is mm-hmm. literally the art of doing nothing um if you can do that you're successful and if you, you can and, and, and be happy with your thoughts you're a successful person so it's yeah little things like that that make me uh find him to be really intriguing and someone i'd love to uh love to meet that, that's pretty cool um, all right, so here's another provocative question that I've never asked anybody. Um, and I'm keeping an eye on the clock, by the way, because I do want to talk about your businesses, and we're going to get there there shortly. <laughs> but, I, 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 but I like this. I, I wonder if how I would even answer this. I'd have to give it some thought. If you could invite five people, dead or alive, out to dinner, who would be at your table, and what <laughs> restaurant would you go to? What a cool question you asked, you provided me to ask you. I love this. We'll start with me, and then we're then I'm going to ask the same to you. Is that okay? Oh God, <laughs> we'll see. You're the okay. guest. I'll okay, buy you, you some go. time. I'll buy you some time. So, for <laughs> me, it would be it'd be a guy's dinner. 
old school. As you can kind of see, I keep going back to this, uh, you know, I, I dropped Sinatra's name and, you know, a couple Vince Vaughn. There's a theme in terms of, like, the classic era. And I think, I, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, my wife's the same way. We just, we feel something in, like, that 50s, 60s era of entertainment and just I, old soul, call it. And so mm-hmm. I would, I would one, who would be at the, the head of the table would be Michael Jordan. There's not even a question. Michael <sighs> Jordan. He doesn't fit into that era, but he's just the best. And I have, I have seen him so many times in, you know, growing up going to, you know, in Milwaukee, going to Bucks Bulls games, but I have never met him. And I've known, mm-hmm. I've had many friends who know him and meet him. I've never met him. So it'd be an honor to sit there with him and smoke a cigar. Frank Sinatra, Larry David, uh, I'd put Vince Vaughn at that table, and then I would have Muhammad Ali. Uh, so it'd be a, a very well-rounded cast of characters. So wow. that, yeah, that'd be a fun one. And I think I definitely would throw my dad in there because he's the funniest guy I've ever met. So, you know, and, and maybe one or two of my best friends who are equally the most, the, the most funny people I know. So, that is so you, cool. Marshall? Well, you know, I hadn't given this any thought, but it's sporadic, and, and you know, we're talking sports, and I'm, I was raised in a sports family, not because I played sports. I mean, my brother played you know, baseball, and he golfed. My dad golfed. But when you say dead or alive, um, I would love to sit down with Sandy Koufax, um, Let's see. Um, who else? S- Sandy Koufax, definitely, because he, he, uh, growing up in a Jewish household, you know, there weren't a lot of Jewish men that played uh, baseball, and you know, and and if it was the holidays, he he didn't he did not play. Um, I have met Tommy Lasorda, but I think he would be really cool to meet. Um, and like you, I'm also a big basketball fan. I happen to sit on the the other side of the fence when it comes to LA basketball <laughs> and that I'm a I'm a Clipper fan and I actually did meet Doc Rivers in person when he was coaching the Clippers at that time but um you know I, I just you said Michael Jordan I mean you know there are some really amazing people that have played in that game uh, I actually met Magic Johnson one time which was kind of cool so I guess I sort of sit on the sports side of life uh, when I think about it. and you Very know cool. honestly if I was being really honest I would love nothing more than to sit down for dinner with my husband oh, his parents great. and my right. parents that right. would be really special That's- all right, but let's not get mean. No, that's okay. amazing. No, I, I <clears throat> yeah, so. love that. And I think part part of that question too was I missed. And and where would you go, right? Where would be a yeah. iconic place for me? I would think I would say um, there's a rest, there's a steakhouse in Chicago that I just have amazing memories at, and it's mm. classic. And Michael Jordan used to go there all the time. And I swear to God, I miss him by like five five minutes. But it's called uh. Gibson's Gibson Steakhouse. It's so cool. Oh. Uh, hmm, and or Mas- Mastro's in Beverly Hills. Just oh, that's a good like one. A classic, classic yeah. steak place with a good martini. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get away from our, our dining out. Is you know, I'm a very ritual and routine person. That is, that's just how I operate. I, I'm sure some of that came from living with an engineer for many years, and my father was the same way. He was in the military. So is there a routine or something that your close friends and even parents would not know that you do every day but is incredibly <laughs> meaningful to you? Okay, let it, let, it, let it go. We're about to find something new about you. <laughs> I, I alluded to it a little bit. I do. I'm like I try, to, I try to find peace in the moment through meditation. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've read so many amazing women and men out there um and however you want to define success is however you define it but people right. that i just i respect dearly uh and they 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 go back to that as just being like a core foundation for them to set their day or in a time of stress or uncertainty just to get back to being centered in the moment so yeah i try to meditate every day it doesn't mm-hmm. always work out that way but mm-hmm. um if you were to if you were to amortize it over the course of 
a year, I think I'd probably average about 15 to 20 minutes a day. So I'm, I'm proud of that. As well as, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've gone back to longevity is a really important topic for me and just trying to understand my mm-hmm. own body as it changes, mm-hmm. especially at 40. And so just being, you know, as active as I possibly can, I try to take my son and dog for at least a two-mile walk right away in the morning if I can get nice. that in. And then just, you know, going, going back to the basics, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So keeping, you know, the, the mental, uh, physical, spiritual health as, uh, as much, you know, as high on the priority list as possible. And then I write. Like, I think writing is my way of, of coding, right? I don't know how to code a piece of computer software, maybe one day. But I write, and whether that's um, on the computer or just in a journal, I try to write as much as I can. And then mm-hmm. not to-do list, but I, I do a lot of blocks of time because I find myself, if I give myself a limit, I can accomplish more in a block of time as opposed to just saying, I got to do that and procrastinate right. and it off the list. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's, a, that's a terrific thing that you just said. So when when you are we haven't even we're about to get into your business side of life, but I'm just curious how do you approach problem solving and decision making in your work life and and your and your life how how do you do, does it start with meditation or not probably for problem solving I wouldn't think. Yeah, you know I think um, any. Problem solving and decision making, I feel like you know, one one of the same. I try to, I try to go back to, and again, I'm just taking from the greats, right? Not, you know, I'm just learning, you know, uh-huh. I, I, you know, standing on the shoulders of of all the amazing people that have come before us and that are here today that are saying the same thing. But it's always from a, a, a first principled perspective. So one, you know, I try to always you know, think for myself to decide, one, what do you want? You know, two, what is true? And then three, what should you do to achieve one in light of two? And I try to do that with humility and open-mindedness. So at least at all times, I have the best thinking available to me. Now, am I successful at doing that? Absolutely not. I'll be the first one to tell you I failed so many times in my life. And the what ifs, or if I had, if I would have done this, you know, but that's mm-hmm. that's just the way at least I try to approach problem solving and decision making. And the other thing too is just keeping emotions in check. I think early on in my life I was super emotional uh, and just reacting to things. And and I mm-hmm. think you know that's when when you're able to manage your emotions, uh, especially when they're running high. You know, breathe it out, bite your tongue, go write some words. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think Abraham Lincoln wrote letters to his friends and co- close colleagues and how he was disappointed or upset at them or wanted to end their uh, friendship, but he never sent one of them. And they, and they found him all after he had, had died. So Interesting. I think that that's, that's, that's something there for everybody. It's generally, the bad times will pass. Give it 24 hours before you do something. Mm-hmm. Like so I, I like it. that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So let's let's spend this last part of this podcast together, you know, kind of talking about your business a little bit. Sure. Um, and so um, you've had a very dynamic, or I wouldn't say you've had, I would say you have um, a very dynamic career. Is this something that's been a constant theme in both of those experiences be, with those two businesses? Yeah, I mean, I think I... I I'll go back to, you know, where where it started, and I think I'll tell mm-hmm. the, the story, and then we'll, we'll kind of segue into how it can apply now. You know, I came – I was always, you know, Marsha in school, extroverted, love talking to people, love building relationships, always a dreamer, <laughs> always mm-hmm. a dreamer. <laughs> and, um, you know, I I was – through relationships and, and, and just having great building, great connections with people. Yeah. That's always really how I got um, my, my jobs before mm-hmm. I started my own company. I never applied. I never was able to, they weren't like, wow, that kid stands out on paper. Like, no, like you had to, mm-hmm. I definitely had to have a, a, the relationship or the connection to, and then try to get in and, and, 
you know, at least try to establish a, a value exchange. But, you know, I look at, you know, my time in Chicago, I was working for Citigroup Derivatives. I was on the Chicago Board of Options Exchange uh, as a trading assistant. It was very high pressure. I mean, this is in 2005 to 2007, eight-ish. And, I mean, what I saw there in terms of just stress and being on, I mean, it was like no other. It's capitalism at its finest. And I was mm-hmm. very lucky to go through that experience, but it was one that I could only do for a short, fixed amount of time. Um, you know, but it, again, it goes back to the numbers. I was always fascinated and connected by the flow of the numbers. Um, being an analyst at a, at a hedge fund in Chicago that actually invested into other ha- uh, hedge funds called HFR Asset Management, another amazing experience. You know, I got to work with Peter Thiel of Clarium Capital Management, uh, Ray Dalio, who wrote the book Principles for, you know, Bridgewater Capital, the, the world's largest hedge fund. You know, we had separate managed accounts with these guys. Um, I, I saw John Paulson short the, the ABX housing market and made a billion dollars in less than hmm. six months. And we, we just saw all this really interesting flow of information. And not that it like did anything to me, but like I always was like, wow, that is that you know, I, I was always at the intersection of pretty unique emerging events tied to numbers, right? Um, mm. I can keep kind of moving, advancing through my career as I got out here to Los Angeles. I was lucky enough to, you know, run a huge sales team. Um, I was one of the director of sales for a company called Adconian Direct. We sold. Um, advertising solutions to very large ad agencies and brands like think Toyota or think Apple, think Amazon. Mm. And so, you know, when I was able to, to, to do that and lead this you know, sales team, we, we, we did very well and the company got bought for a couple hundred million dollars. So back to the numbers. And, you know, I, I then started um, a company called Grasp uh, with another gentleman who was the founder. I was the co-founder we were able to to raise a couple couple million dollars, and it was um, the the first regulated cannabis delivery technology and end to end platform mm. um, of its kind. And so, you know, the company's still in existence today, and we did a lot of great work pushing forward um, legislation and transparent business, uh, you know, in the cannabis space and and, and regulated cannabis space for, uh, you know, almost a decade. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, again, was a very unique experience. And then kind of segueing into, you know, all these unique, going back to, like, the, the, the financial health or um, the, the numbers or kind of, kind of realizing that even in your own life, everything's kind of a P&L when you look at your personal credit or you look at, you know, just how you're, you know, just the balance of your life. Do you have mm-hmm. cash flow to to at least absorb your overhead? Can you do something with that that you know that uh, profit that you're able to retain on a monthly or quarterly basis? So it kind of just changed my my perspective, and then I got you know really into I'd probably say like the, the last five years being tied to being a you know let's say a, a business and management consultant in a number of different spaces to then helping small businesses and and owners of entity try to raise capital to, you know, seed capital to try to help their companies grow faster. It all came back to just always with me, the connectivity around the numbers. And so, you know, when I look at, I I look at that, um, I'm very proud of of a lot of the things I've been able to do, but I feel like it it actually hasn't even started yet because we have so much work that we need to do. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of, small business owners and can just kind of segue into, into what we're doing now, especially with, with, with Blue Ox and, and being a founder of that particular entity and having a really great partnership agreement with, with Jay Gold, as we've seen, you know, last year, Marsha, almost 600,000 small businesses, according to the SBA, went out of business. They had to unwind and claim, claim bankruptcy. And every time, uh, uh, small business claim, claims bankruptcy in this capacity, um, a lot of it's due to cash flow constraints, meaning they just didn't have enough money to pay their bills. And a total of $83,000 in liabilities ends up falling onto the business owner even after the business is closed. 
And that's a problem, hmm. right? There's a – most businesses, like big corporations, right, they're, they have either, you know, directors and officers liability insurance or they have a corporate veil that remains unpierced. In the world of the SMBs, the small to medium-sized business owners, if they go to, you know, sign a lease, if you're, you know, you want to open up a bar in Santa Monica, you go sign a lease, typically they would make you personally guarantee that lease on the, on the rental property, unless, of course, you owned it, for three to five years. And what happens is your corporate veil gets pierced, and you're now on the hook for what would otherwise be on the business, right? Those business activities are personally securitized by you. Or you want to go get a business loan for $50,000 from B of A, Chase, or Wells Fargo, they're going to make you securitize that loan with equipment or your house. What happens if the business wow. fails? Yeah. Well, now you're on you the, what your happens house? if the business fails? Your, 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 your kid's college fund is posted as collateral. And wow. I will tell you this, Marsha, through, you know, uh, the past few years and then with recent discovery, having this phenomenal partnership with Jay Gold Finance Suite, um, and we'll get into a little bit more of who they are in a second. But this, is, uh, this isn't a pandemic out there. It's an, it's an epidemic. Uh, with, and I don't even know if that's the right, it's, it's a pandemic mm-hmm. worse than, uh, pandemic's worse. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but anyways, this is a real problem that we have here, is it comes back to a few things. One, small business owners, they don't know what they don't know. And I hate saying that, but that's really true. But it's the truth. It's, God's honest truth. They, mm-hmm. The system makes you, you know, there's a lot of a really amazing things that you can do as a small business owner and entrepreneur, you know, in terms of being able to, you know, take deductibles against your entity, have more control and you're like all these things. But as soon as your corporate veil is pierced, you get into a really, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a bad situation to be in and you're on the hook. We gotta, we gotta prevent you from, from not staying on the hook. So how do you do it? Well, Mm -hmm. every company out there has an EIN. If you own an entity, an LLC, an S Corp, a C Corp, you're granted an an EIN number. That EIN number is a social security number. Stop for just one second. Let me interrupt you because you're using a term. I don't know what an EIN is. An employer identification number. Okay, go ahead. ahead. Are you familiar with your social security number, Marisha? Of course. Uh Uh-huh. Do you know your FICO score? Um, yeah, if I looked it up, I don't know it off the top. Of course. Gen- generally speaking, like you would, you could get find it, right? So sure, absolutely. You, you, and you're familiar with the process of building um, personal credit, right? It's a journey that you start going on when you're 18, and, they, and literally mm-hmm. all these companies start tracking you. The EIN is the social security number of your business. So if you can build, you can build personal credit, there is definitely an avenue and system to build business or corporate credit. But what it comes back to is not many businesses, especially SMBs, small to medium-sized business owners, even know that this capability exists. And it's by design. Okay, the big corporate credit or business credit is for the large institutions out there, the big corporations who are in bed with all the politicians who wrote the tax codes of the country. They have kind of designed this game to leverage institutions to take to remove personal guarantees and access lines of credit liquidity where everything is on the EIN of the corporation. So what we do is we try to work with owners, and again, it doesn't matter, entity owner of any type, to help them systematically, intentionally build top-tier business credit, which allows them to separate and insulate their personal assets from that of the business, okay? So when everything is on the business, they can sleep okay at night. It allows Mm -hmm. them to go out and obtain credit lines on their business. And that when you get a credit line solely taxed to the EIN of the business, it helps you scale, it helps you grow, it helps you go out and maybe buy a fleet of cars at great corporate rates on on, on your company. No personal credit check or consumer check, credit check required all on the EIN of the company. If you want to go out and buy real estate one day, let's say you're tired of leasing that building and you want to buy the building because it nets you a better 
gross profit, um, you can go do that, right? The EIN is something that is very valuable. And when you attach credit lines and, you, you know, you're able to do these really powerful things as a business owner that give you the freedom and flexibility to preserve your, your equity, your ownership. You want to sell to your business one day, you can then pass the business on with the credit lines attached. You want to pass it on to your kid. You want to sell the asset to another buyer. It's just a lot of really amazing benefits, and we provide really a systematic way for you to get there, if that makes sense. All right. That's great. You know, I, I will be um, including the companies um, on my blog when when our podcast is over, but People can get in touch with you regarding this, correct? I mean, if somebody's listening to this and says, geez, I need to learn more, um, there, there's a couple of places where they could go to learn more about you. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So Blue Ox, B-L-U-O-X dot I-O. Tons of great information there. You can schedule a free consultation in Zoom with me. Our partners at J. Galt Finance Suite. Um, and of course, you can you can go to uh, jgalp.io forward slash b m o e b i u s. I know you'll include that, Marsha. I will. Nice to look up I some sure more will. information. Um, but r- regardless, our, our phenomenal partners at J. Galt, they you know they guarantee um, fifty thousand dollars minimum in, in twelve months or less of, uh, of nice. business credit when you go through their process and platform. Um, and you get a top tier score. And once you have once you have a top tier score, you can walk into a regional bank or financial institution and mm-hmm. get those amazing corporate, big institution kind of benefits, lines of credit without ever having to take a, a personal guarantee. It is a godsend wow. for business owners. Yes, I I would say for that for that small business owner that wants to open up a market or whatever they choose that they want to do. What a what a wonderful way to learn more about that by by going to your to your websites. I am curious because you did give some really good advice that we were just talking about. But what what life advice do you think you would pass on to your son or future children or any others that would knowingly or unknowingly hope to inspire for the good? I mean, we all want to live for the good. So what kind of advice would you throw out there for those that are listening? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. I think it, I'll try to maybe separate it into a couple, you know, maybe eight categories. Go ahead. That would be I great. Tra- sure. Tra- train, your, train your mind. Train your body. Uh, think for yourself, I think, is really important. Independent thinking. Curate your friends. Curate your environment. Uh, keep your promises. Stay cheerful and constructive. Upgrade the the world. That's the final mm-hmm. one. Upgrade the world. You know, pass it on to the next generation. Yes, I think that's that's really important. Um, but you need to understand what it is for yourself before you can pass it on to somebody else. So, you know, when, I, when people say, you know, obviously um, you're even um, younger than my kids, but you never know what's going to happen in your life. I mean, I certainly didn't expect to be a widow 14 years ago. And you need to know what your purpose is, independently from being a spouse and a mom or a dad, you know, or a sibling or, or whatever those relationships that you, that you have with people and your families. You need to, for me, you need to have a sense of purpose. Otherwise, you're just floating through life and and that wouldn't be good enough for me. So when you said train your mind and 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 prepare yourself, I really think that those are that's really really good advice. And um, thinking back on your life and your forty years and your traveling experiences, being a dad, being being a husband, being a dad, being an entrepreneur, having these businesses, doing all that you're doing. If you look back. At, at, at your life as an adult, or maybe even, yeah, like, like ten years ago, is this something that wish that you wish you knew ten years ago that might have had an impact on your life today? Are you there? Oh my goodness! Sorry, Marcia. Sorry, Marcia. Oh, yes, that's, I, that's I'm okay. There. I'm so sorry. 
Yeah, That's okay. I, I, what I was saying is I have a I have a bit of a funny funny joke. Had I known how to build business credit on a few of my entities, I think uh, who knows uh-huh. if we would have even even I think I would be still running those companies. Uh, yeah, to date they could have been public, publicly traded companies. That's funny. But, um, really, when it comes removing all the business stuff aside, um, mm-hmm. I think it's important for anyone to just have an honest take on this and and really at the end of the day everybody's doing their own thing right everybody's got their own motivations and their own purpose and no one cares what people really i I think and i and i throw it over to you too in this capacity i think we're also worried about what other people think of us until you realize Mm -hmm. that they're just i don't think anybody really cares at the end of the day and unfortunately you know We've you've dealt with death, Marsha. I've mm-hmm. dealt with death. You know, we're all going to die. You might as well mm-hmm. go do a, go go out the way that you really want. Do something that makes you happy, makes you fulfilled. Take time to learn what that is. Take big big risks. Leave it all out there. Um, dance like no one's looking. You know, and I think right. what I've learned too is the the day. The, the, the dream, Kobe Bryant said this, the dream is the day-to-day struggle and the suffering and the discomfort. Like if you can embrace that process, you mm-hmm. undoubtedly will be able to get to wherever you want to go. And then you realize once you achieve that, you got it and you look back and, the, and like, like he said, the dream is just every day getting up and being able to go through a little bit of that pain to get to where you want to go. And the sooner you can fall in love with that process, I think the sooner you, you reach your, your desired goals. Another big one for me is, I, I, you know, we've all been there where we compare our life to somebody else and it might make you feel a certain way. And I've, I've finally been able to train myself, you know, to be the only person I'm going to race with is the future version of myself. You know, no more, no comparing anybody. And you wish others, including your enemies, good graces for people that you've had past altercations with, you know. And so I think that gives you greater peace and it allows you to live in the moment. I also think, you know, live for those authentic moments and experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, The stuff doesn't come come with you when you leave this place. And then my last piece of advice, and and we'll, we'll, uh, and we'll wrap it up here is yes, break sir. through the system. You know, you can, you can go accomplish, you can go accomplish what you want and you can get what you deserve. And so, you know, break through the system and, and learn and fail forward. Um, my goal has always been, uh, it's, it's not about uh, recognition or money or pride or ego. It's time. I just want, my goal is to procure as much time uh, for myself, for my family, for my friends, mm-hmm. and creative projects that can can better the world. So that's it. That's. I will leave you with something that my husband said, and then I'm going to um, let you get on to your afternoon because I know you have some work to do. But I like this also, and that is um, to don't live a life of regret. Oh, yeah. And um and I and I try very much to to put that into my daily meditation as well that I don't want to regret things in life and um and I and I and I'm aware of that but I just want to thank you for spending this time with me today I we we are don't live that far from one another and at some point I'm going to have to go on that 2 mile walk with you I can hold the leash or I can push the carriage, one or the other. But this has just been a joy spending this time with you, getting to learn more about you. And um, I'll make sure that people can find you um, on on your website so if they want to learn more about doing business with you. But I'm just grateful that you spent the time with me today. This has been a true pleasure, truly. Pleasure's all mine, Marsha. You're an amazing uh, person in this Aww. community, and uh, and I'm very much looking forward to meeting you face to face as well. And I just I'm, I'm grateful just to have a, a really cool life conversation with you. So thank you. You bet. You bet. So everyone, go out there and enjoy your day. Maybe take a few minutes to meditate. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye to my friend <laughs> because he's got to take another call. And thank you so much for joining me. And you know something. Um, I'll be here again next week. So thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thanks, Marcia. Bye. Bye.